Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to John chapter 7. And, uh, or, you, you know, I'm going to kind of quote you John chapter 14, or John chapter 4, verse 14, when it talks about Jesus was at the, uh, at the woman at the well. He was there. She came up and he said, Would you draw water? And he said, Well, how be it you, Jew, talking to me, a Samaritan, because you don't have any dealings with me? And then he, he said, Well, if you knew who was talking to you, then you would have asked of me, and I would have given you, you know, living water. And she said, you don't have a rope, you don't have a bucket, you don't have, you know, you don't have something to draw with. How can you give me this living water? He said, well, whoever drinks of this well is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the, well, of the water that I'm going to give you will never thirst again. It'll be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen? Hallelujah. Talking about being born again. But here in John chapter 7, he goes on to share something here about in John chapter 7. Verse 37, he says, on that last day, or last uh, climax of the festival, last day of the feast, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart or flow out of you. Verse 38 says this, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing. Believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified or had not yet entered into his glory. In the, John chapter 4 talks about wells of water or, or wells of water that are going to come up within you. In John chapter 7, it talks about rivers of living waters flowing out of you. But both of the waters are the same kind of water, but it's two types of manifestations of the Holy Spirit ministering to us. One type is the well of water, which is what we have on the inside of us. Aren't you glad when you got born again? Glory to God. You got the peace of God. You got the nature of God. Hallelujah on the inside of you. Amen. But he also said when, the, when you get filled with the spirit of God, that you're going to have rivers of living water flowing out of you which is for anointing you for service. Wells of water is your character. Wells of water is what Galatians chapter 5 says. In fact, let's go over to Galatians chapter 5 and look at that. I'm going to talk to you about the spirit within you and the spirit upon you. Because we need to know that we've got the spirit of God living in us, but we also know that the Holy Spirit comes on us to help us and anoint us for service and also to anoint us to speak when he wants us to speak or to share. Because how many you know that the world needs what you have? Amen? It does. Not in a condemnation way. Aren't you glad, hallelujah, that the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit? And we didn't come here to condemn the world. Amen? Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came so that the world through him might be saved. How many know that through you, Jesus came to you so that the world through you might hear the gospel? Might hear the love of God in that. You know, it's amazing. Now, here's, here's, the, here's what the problem is that many people say, well, you Christians are all just judgmental and you're all this and you keep saying all this stuff. It's really that we're not. It's just that because of what we believe and what they think we believe, then they allow the enemy to lie to them. Amen? They really do. But, but just on the basis of your heart, the basis on what you believe in Jesus, the basis upon your relationship, it convicts them. And so they get really frustrated. Yeah, and what we have to do is we have to continually share the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. But we also have to stand our ground in what we believe in and stand our ground for what God is doing in our lives. I'm never ashamed to be a Christian, ever. You know, you've heard my stories where people say, oh, you're one of those. And I'm like, and you're not? 
I just doesn't. I mean, you're, you're going through life without Jesus. You're going through life all by yourself. That's scary. I don't have that much faith. Amen. Are y'all okay? We're, we're going to share about the spirit of God tonight. Why is that? Because I want you to know that you've got the spirit of truth on the inside of you. It's a well of water. You know, and, and this is the thing. You got to go to the, get the well of water before you get the rivers of water. All right. A lot of people want to be our mighty rushing river and rip people apart. And, uh, but they got no, they got no depth in them. Amen. And depth in you is this, is that, you know, because it talks about it'll be a well springing up to everlasting life. You know, the spirit of God on the inside of you is the fruit of the spirit. And here in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about walking in the Spirit. It talks about taking hold of, of what uh, the Spirit of God has done on the inside of you, but letting Him be the guide for our lives. You know, one of the main things that I've found out that it will keep you fresh and it'll keep you full of joy if you'll have constant renewals of stirring yourself up and knowing that, that you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Amen? Constant renewals, constant stirring ourselves up. You know, like Jude 20 says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Building up yourself, stirring up the gift of God within you. Because there's a lot of weights, there's a lot of things out here that would try to hold all that down. But aren't you glad that your joy is not found out here? Amen? Let's look at this in Galatians chapter 5, in verse... 20, uh, 22 there. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I may quote from the King James and go back and forth a little bit here. But in the New Living Translation, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Amen? Love, joy, peace, patience. I don't really like the patience word. I like long-suffering. I like the good King James version of long-suffering. Hallelujah. But... Patience goes with it. And then it says patience, kindness. It talks about gentleness. Then it says goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Amen? These are the nine fruit of the Spirit, which says that we've got love. Love's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, it says, we know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. The first fruit of the Spirit or the first thing that comes when you get born again is you've got a love that you never had before. And that's how you can tell. You can now tell if somebody truly gets born again, amen, there's a love that they have, haven't had before. There's a love that gets exposed, and they're like, gosh, I used to hate that guy, and now I don't hate him. I may not like him, but I really don't hate him. Amen, because there's something that happened. You know, instead of going around telling people, well, what you're doing is going to send you to hell, we need to share the goodness and the love of God. Now listen, if you truly let God love you, if you truly receive Jesus as your personal Lord, and you truly get born again, all the other things will start falling off the, by the wayside. Amen? We always, many times, are trying to get people to clean up. We're trying to clean the fish before we catch it. It's hard to do. You've got to go ahead and catch them first and then let God clean them. And you just let God deal with that. Amen? But it says that it's love, joy, peace. You know, your joy is on the inside of you. And that's the Spirit of God. How many of you know you've got to stir up joy, the Bible says? 
In fact, over in Proverbs, it says we've got to draw joy up. We've got to draw joy out of it. That's the well. We've got to draw it out. Because, you know, sometimes there's, there's not a lot of joy in this world. There's not a lot of things going on. Remember what James said? Count it all joy when you fall into what? Diverse temptations, tests, and trials. You've got to count it joy. It's not joyful, but you've got to count it joyful. Amen? You've got to draw up joy. He says, not only that, but you've got peace. Man, I'm so glad for the peace that passes all understanding, that guards my heart and mind. Amen? Now, that's the Spirit of God in you. And that's the thing for you. That I need some joy. I've got to draw it up. I need the love of God. The love of God's been shed abroad. I need to stir up that gift, that what's on the inside, the fruit that's there. I've got it, so I need to start picking it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I mean, this is fruit season. We, we live in a valley full of fruit, amen, on all kinds of stuff that are going on. You know, and now this, the, our seasons are so, we're so blessed. We are so blessed, you know, with all the, all the produce that we have. But you've got to also know that you're so blessed because people need to pick from your fruit. And how many know people are going to see, they're going to stir you up to see if you've got any love in you. They're going to stir up to see if you've got any joy because they're going to try to steal it. They're going to try to rob you of your peace. But aren't you glad that you got, you got more than enough to go around? Hallelujah. That anytime somebody comes to try to see if your wo- love walk is working, they just gave you a prayer request. <laughs> you see, we're just testing your fruit out. See what kind of fruit you got. Amen. Some of us either pass the test or we don't pass the test. You know, what about the self-control or the temperance one? That's the challenging one of it. Amen. But it tells us that we've got to walk in the Spirit. What does that simply mean? Walking in the power and the authority of the fruit of the Spirit, but also walking in the power and authority of the gifts of the Spirit, but walking in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of us. Aren't you glad nobody can steal your joy? Nobody can steal your peace? Amen? They can't because it's yours. That's a part of your nature. Now, you can just not use it. You can let everybody come around and mess you all up. But if you'll cooperate with the Holy Spirit, it'll change your life. Amen. Amen. He wants to do it. God said he was going to put a new spirit in us. He was going to put the laws in our hearts. And he was going to change our whole nature. Thank God he did. Aren't you glad you're not the same old ugly person you used to be? And you ought to be getting better and better and better even in your Christian walk. Amen. I am so glad I am not the person I used to be when I was younger. God bless all those folks that had to put up with me. Their crowns are big in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that, that I'm not, not doing that <laughs> and not uh, 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 that way anymore. I mean, because, oh, I used to have a nice, lousy temper. I know none of you could believe that. I can't believe it either, but <laughs> there's stories and when I remember those stories, I have to bow my head and go, that's true. <laughs> but I'm so glad I've been redeemed. Someone says, well, I thought you got saved as a little kid. I did. All of my anger is after, after Jesus, not before. Yeah, you know, most of my sinning has always been done after I've already been saved. So I've had a lot of condemnation and guilt and all kinds of things that I had to deal with. I had to learn, you know 
Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I had to learn how to repent. Thank God for 1 John 1, 1.9 that says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and, and just to forgive me of all my sin. That don't mean that doesn't give me a license to sin. That gives me the opportunity to not let sin have this strength over it and, and to mess me up. Amen? Because, see, not only do we need constant renewals of the Spirit, we've got constant stirring ourselves up in the fruit of the Spirit, but also in the power of God, too. Just stirring ourselves up because the enemy wants to keep us quiet. And God wants us to shout it from the housetop. Amen? And here's the thing. If you'll just shout it from the housetop for you about what God has done for you and you declare your testimony of what God is doing for you and how joyful you are, people want to, they'll want to hang around you. They'll want to see that what God, if is it really true? Let's just check this guy out here. See if he really knows what he's doing. Amen? Because, you know, if, if he tells us we're supposed to walk in the spirit, that means we can also walk in the flesh. Have you ever had it in your life where you, all of a sudden you think, man, man, I'm doing so good spiritually. I'm doing so good. I'm walking in love. Everything's good. Man, I got this. I think I got this thing handled. And the minute you think you got this thing handled, man, something happens, knocks your head right where your feet was, gets you so mad. You want to have a fit of carnality. You want to get so mad. And you do, and you blow it. And then the devil says, ah, see there. And then you go, man, I, I'm not near as spiritual as I thought I was. <laughs> Amen? Thank God for God's grace and mercy. You know, that's where the Word of God is so good. Because the Word of God says, though a righteous man falls, how do you, and it says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he always gets up. You may fall, but it doesn't matter if you fall, it's getting up. And the way you get up is to forgive yourself, have other, ask others to forgive you, ask God to forgive you, and let's walk this thing out here. Amen? But I want to talk to you about stirring yourself up right now. Before we get into, you know, the uh, uh, gifts of the Spirit and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, my heart is, is that I just want you to stir up to know you being a spiritual person, you being a spiritual being, that this fruit on the inside of you is what's going to sustain you in all that you're going through. Because you're going to have to have long-suffering. How many of you know there are people in church that need long-suffering? Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the person. Don't, don't be right. Don't be talking at your person sitting next to you. That's not good. They're probably looking at you going, what are you looking at me for? You're the one I have to deal with. So, hallelujah. Anyways, you know, <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I heard this a long, long time ago, and I, I remember who I heard it from, but it, it was so, I, I do actually remember, I'm not, but anyways, he said this, he said, it's a sad dog that can't wag its own tail, <laughs> and I, he's a country preacher, but it was so funny what he was saying, he said this, if you're not excited about your life, no one else is going to be either. If you're not excited about your Christianity, no one else is going to believe you either. Are y'all doing okay? I says, well, you're talking about bragging on yourself. No, I'm talking about bragging on Jesus. I'm talking about how great it is to be forgiven. Yes. I mean, have you ever just thought about, man, how great it is to be forgiven? Forgiven of your sins. Forgiven when you mess. This, God's great forgiveness. That he loves you. Uncon- that he forgave you. He's not holding anything against you. 
Anything. God's not holding anything. God says, when you ask him to forgive you, even when you mess up after you've been born again, and you say, God, I've messed this up. Please forgive me. I confess my sins. You're faithful. The Bible says he puts it in a sea of forgetfulness. It's gone. He puts it as far as the east is from the west. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful? Now, that would not be any good, you know, and this is not to put anybody down, but if you're a flat earth person, then that doesn't mean anything because east and west means that you can go far enough, fall off, and then you start coming back east. But if you're, a, if you're you know, believe in the round earth, then what happens is east, you know, that's west and that's east. As long as I'm going this way, I am always going west. I will never, ever go east that way. But as long as I'm going this way, I will always be going east as long as I'm going that way. They never meet. Man, I'm so glad that the Bible doesn't say he put them as far away as the north and the south. Okay? That's a different. See, if we just take the word of God and, and look at it, then you can begin to see some things. But we've got to stir it up. We've got the life and the nature of God on the inside of us. <clears throat> and it's so funny because you, you see people walk around depressed, defeated, well, you don't, and, and most of the time they'll tell you what all their problems are and they'll tell you how come and why. And I'm not putting down problems or why and the difficulties of life. Do you know all of us have had spiritual blows? All of us have had difficulties. Things didn't go right. We've all made dumb mistakes that have cost us lots of money. And if you haven't, you just haven't lived that long yet. Praise God. And, uh, you know, there are things that happen, but we can't stay in our mistakes. That's why I said the fruit of the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace. Yes, it's going to be long-suffering. You're going to have to put it. You're going to have patience. Amen? You're also going to have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You're going to have these things. But you've got to stir it up. You've got to stir it up. Like I told you, I used to have a temper, so my self-control was not good. I was doing pretty good on some of these other things, but I wasn't doing good on some of that. And the devil knew exactly what buttons to push. How do you know that most, most couples can argue on autopilot? They know exactly what to say to end all discussions. You know, we'll just get this. Let's just go for the juggler right now. Let's just do this. I don't feel like, you know, building up to anything. So let's just chop it right now. You know, so the key is we're, we don't want to do those things. You know, we want to take hold of the word of God and allow the spirit of God, hallelujah, to strengthen us, to renew us. Amen. And you have to stir up joy because if you're looking for the world for joy or peace or happiness, we're in trouble. Amen. We've got to do that. You know, the Bible tells us in, in Isaiah, it says, wait upon the Lord and he'll renew your strength. Amen. So those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. God's hand upon us. Well, when the Bible says wait upon the Lord, that means you're like going to say, okay, I'm a waiter or a waitress. Hey, I want to take God's order. I'm not waiting, just waiting for him to do something. I'm actually there. Lord, how can I serve you? I want to wait on you. I want to show you that I'm here. I'm eager. I'm ready. I'm looking patiently to him. Amen. Because I'm looking and waiting expectantly of God. You just tell me what you need me to do. Tell me what you want. I want to do it for you. Why? Because he's my Lord. He's my Savior. Amen? I want to tie myself closely to him. Because it just, 
it used to just, I'd get so in awe of him to be so thoughtful. When you're looking at the Bible and all of a sudden God says, why don't you draw nigh to me? Why don't you come? I want to talk to you. And I think, wow, the creator of the universe, God, he says he's my father because Jesus said he was. He made that so I could be in the family. And he actually wants to talk to me. He, he wants to give me an audience. Man, what a special, uh, special time. What, what, just, what, a, what an honest thing that I can get into his presence. Hallelujah. And I can say, oh, isn't that so amazing? Because we need to take time. Thank God for the word. Thank God for our confession of the word. But we need to take times to stir ourselves up. We need to take time just to get in his presence. Have a great time of fellowship with the Lord. Amen? I, I mean, the enemy's always trying to get us so busy, so busy to do all this. But man, we've got to take time to wait on the Lord. We've got to take time to have prayer. We've got to take time to do that. And we've got to take time to walk in the spirit and to stir ourselves up. And that's the hardest thing to do in our society right now is to stay walk, walking in a, in, a, in a thought process of godliness. Amen? To walk in the spirit means to walk in godliness, but to walk with a consciousness that I'm a spirit being. Walk in a consciousness that I have to act according to the word and I've got to have a tender spirit. How many of you know that we can, we can do things and cause our spirits to get hard, get calloused? You know, I mean, if you can see things or hear things that are ungodly and it doesn't affect your spirit, then you need to be renewed. There needs to be a constant renewal. So, so, well, I'm around these guys. I know it doesn't matter. You need to take spiritual baths every day. Amen. Now, I know this because, see, when I, when I first... Was, I got it, was in Bible school and stuff and I was putting myself through, but I was working as a framer, running a nine-man crew of a bunch of heathens. I was the only saved person on the whole crew. And uh, these guys, you know, that every other word was, you know, uh, just that word. And that's how they talked to each other. And, and it was just, oh, and it was rough. You know, and they'd give me a hard time all the time because I was the preacher boy. And I tell them, listen, can't you, can't you just talk without using that word? I mean, why does it have to be blank this and blank? I mean, I don't understand. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to adjective with it all, but they just had to. You know, it was just crazy. But I had to run the crew and I had to be it. So every day I'd come home and I'd have to take a spiritual bath. We say, what do you mean? What do you mean taking a spiritual bath? I had to say, listen, I've got to just calm down. I mean, driving home and just saying, and I said, Lord, I got to get all this thought processes out of here, all the junk that's been said and done. I got to praise you. I got to worship you. And I just have to take authority over all the ugliness that has gone on today. Amen. Because I got a wife and I got kids at home and I got to make sure that I'm nice and sweet. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, one time happened and I was, we were doing something and this guy said something and I repeated what he said with the curse word in it. And then, man, all of them jumped up. We were, we were eating lunch. Oh, you, and I go, I repeated what he said. That's what he, it was, you know, and I thought, and then I just said, okay, guys, forgive me. And they all looked at me like, What? I said, no, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have repeated. I shouldn't have said it. I should not have. Re- I mean, but it was because somebody said, what did he say? And I, I literally repeated exactly what the guy said. That's how I got in trouble. 
But my spirit did it did check me, but I, you know, and so I said, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry." And they're like, "What? Oh, hey, we know you're here, you know." And they were trying to give me. I said, "No, I said, I'm not." I said, "I'm not. I'm not human. I am human, but I'm not going to succumb to that." Because the Word of God says, don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Someone says, how come you can quote all these scriptures? Because I've had to, to, to take a spiritual bath and to get rid of all the junk that's going on. Amen? And if you don't learn how to do that, to stir up and learn how to walk in the Spirit, how to live, here's the thing about it. God does, not only does God want us to stir up, get the Spirit of God in us and learn how to walk in the Spirit, but He wants us to learn His ways. Isn't that what He said in, in Psalms 103? He says, To Moses, God made known his ways to him, but he made known his acts to the children of Israel. Children of Israel, they didn't know what what God, the way God was going to do. They just, oh, it was after that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's God. I don't, you don't want to be a reaction. You want to know the ways of God so that you can actually walk in the ways of God. And then you can be the action. Hallelujah. And everybody else can go, wow, that's God. Amen. We've got to learn the ways of God because we have a tendency to put God in a box and then when things don't go the way we think they should, it wipes us out. Amen. It does. Instead of saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Here's what I need to do. You know, hallelujah. You know, taking hold of the things of God of what he wants to do. So let's talk a little bit about the ways of God. We're talking about walking in the spirit. We're tying all of these things kind of in, in hand in hand because, uh, you know, we have a tendency to run around and have a lot of holes in our tanks. Of a lot of spiritual drains. How I many you know? No matter how much gas you put into it, if you've got, you know, if your gas tank's got a bunch of holes drilled in it, you're not going to get that far. And Christians, we have a lot of spiritual drains that that take place. And so, if we don't allow the fruit of the spirit, if we don't allow those things to plug up the holes, then we're going to allow anger. We're going to allow uh, frustration. We're going to allow, uh, you know, the enemy to come in and steal our peace. Hallelujah. And so it, it'll cause us to say, well, I don't understand. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. And yet the enemy has got you. Hallelujah. Because he's getting you. He's always keeping you stirred up. He's always keeping you frustrated about people. He does. I mean, that's what he does all the time. Amen. He wants to keep you fussing, fighting. He wants to keep you stirred up. He wants to always keep you constantly, ah, but what about this? Ah, this didn't happen. Ah. He always wants to keep you always in a state of turmoil. Yes. And yet God says he wants you to be in peace. Amen. So I said, well, how do you do that? That's a great question. <laughs> it really is. But the Bible says, let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and mind. Amen. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 26.3. He said, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So that means in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, verse 3 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Then it says that we have to be ready to bring into captivity every thought. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Because God's going to tear down the strongholds that try to get into our minds. But be ready to, to bring down and to break down those strongholds by bringing into captivity every thought. 
Wow. That means, you know, you're going to have to, when those thoughts come, just like I said, that scripture had to come and take those thoughts and cast it down. Amen. So no, I can't let any corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. I can't be coming in angry. I can't come in frustrated. I've got to take hold of the word of God and I've got to bring peace into that situation. I've got to make sure that I've plugged the holes in my tank so that when I do fill it up with the word and when I do fill it up with the spirit, praise God, I've got a full tank. I don't want to run around and keep going on $2. Right now, $2 doesn't even get you a third of a gallon. You know, so here's the thing about it. I want, I want to make sure how you, that I want to get my tank full. And then now my grandfather, he owned a Texaco station, and that's what he did. He was a, he, that's what he did his whole life. He was a mechanic, but he owned a Texaco station right on in, uh, in Grove, Oklahoma. And so anyways, for 50 years, he ran the Texaco station. And we would go visit him, and, and every time he'd go visit him, he'd go out there, and, and he'd look at the, at the gas tank, and he'd say, you know... It's just as easy to fill up the top half as it is the bottom. He never let his car go below a half a tank, ever. He always, I never forgot that. He, he'd go out, because my mama, she's just like every other woman. She's driving on empty, you know, hoping somebody else is going to put the gas in it. And uh, hallelujah. And he'd go out, he'd look at it and say, you know, it's just as easy to fill up the top half. That it is on the bottom, and your your car will run better, you know. And uh, he had the same car my whole life, so I don't know how. I mean, because it was nineteen sixty three something, and uh, but it was spit shine. He put he, he washed it with a, a concoction of water and kerosene and all kinds. Of, and I thought, gosh, your car gonna blow up if somebody <laughs> throws a match on it. But I mean. Nothing would stick to that car. Bugs, they just fly off. He just had, I don't know, if, I never, under, but he had, a, he had a thing, and it shined. And it was. It was a 1960-something. And, uh, but he had it, and I thought, gosh, I want that car, but I didn't get it. But anyways, because it was just, I thought, that's the cleanest, shiniest car I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was. He just, but he always, you know, he said, it's just as easy to fill up the top half as it is the bottom. And as Christians, many times we let ourselves run down till we're on empty. That's the, that's the analogy of the story. Is it, It's a whole lot better to fill you up when you're only half empty than when you're all the way down. Amen? So it's, and it's amazing how many Christians will look at you and go, well, I don't, how do I know when I'm empty? Just ask if you're a guy, ask your wife. If you're your wife, ask your husband. They can tell you if you're on empty or you're a quarter tank. <laughs> and if you're not, say, you know, not, you're just single and all that stuff. Listen, ask your friends around you. Hey, so how am I doing? They say, you're not doing too good. You're grumpy. It's kind of, you remember that commercial that they used to be, they'd be like, you know, and they'd have to give them a Snickers so they'd eat. So you're just not yourself because you're hungry. That's kind of what we need to do as Christians. Like, okay, time out. We need to get your scripture here. You need to fill you up because you're ugly right now. <laughs> we need to help you. Don't condemn them saying, no, we need to help you. Give me, what, do you what do you need? You need a hug. You need something, you know. Amen. But it's so much easier to fill up the top half than it is the bottom half. Amen. Or just as easy. But actually, your car's going to run better when you get a full tank of gas. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I had a friend of mine, his dad told him, said, listen, you know, the car runs better when it's full, 
But then the dad forgot that he gave him his gas card. So his son was letting everybody's gas be full. And, uh, you know, and so when he got his $600 gas bill that month, he was like, what? He said, you said it's better if it stays full. <laughs> so he would just make sure everybody's was full. So we had to stop that. But, but you know, hey, with Christianity, you can do that and cost you near as much just to say, give him a scripture. Give these things here. Amen. Why is that? Because God wants us to learn the way of the spirit. How we can touch lives. Amen? And here's the thing. When you learn the way of the Spirit, then you can trace God. Then you can see God in every situation. You can actually turn around and go, that didn't turn out the way I, I was praying, the way I was believing. But God, thank you for your grace and mercy to show me what I, what, what's going on here. And he'll show you. He'll give you grace to do it. You'll see God's hand in it. Because we all know, you know, Isaiah 55, right? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says... My ways, you know, or the, the, the prophet saying, he says, God's ways his, are higher than your ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen? So we see that. That's verses 8 and 9 there. He says, listen, God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But aren't you glad in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that he said, listen, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has, has, has prepared for them. That's verse 9. But verse 10 says, but God hallelujah, has given to you and me the spirit. Hallelujah. And so he's freely showing us all things that God has. So we've got the spirit of God. God's not hiding anything from us. Amen. Yes, his ways are higher than our ways in the Old Testament, but God's showing us his ways and he's showing us his thoughts. Because it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 there in verse 15 that you have the mind of Christ. You've got his mind. Well, if you've got the mind of Christ, then you, can, then you have what God's saying. You've got the thoughts and, the, and, the, and the, the ways of God. We understand them. Right? That's what the word of God says. Now, you say, well, I don't, I don't know what God's doing. I don't. Well, that's because you're not believing that what God said is true. Amen? When you believe what God says is true, it changes. In fact, you're all looking at me like, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Sometimes I just get to preach and you guys just sit there and you enjoy the talk. It's so nice. So he comes and he just gave him this scripture, he's given this scripture, he gives 32 scriptures, this is so good. But you need to look at it for yourself in your Bible. Amen. You know, I know it works because I've had to put it into action in my life. How many of you know just reading the Bible and confessing the Bible, if you don't fellowship with God and really fellowship with it and then actually put what you read and what you're seeing into action up against something, it's not going to produce anything in your life. You're just going to get fat. You're going to be a fat sheep and fat sheep get slaughtered <laughs> by the enemy, all right? Hallelujah. Now, I didn't say I didn't want you to be a strong sheep. And in good, healthy things. But what it is is that because you've got to put your faith up against some things. Amen? We need to do that. But see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul, Paul, Paul writing to them said this. Look at it. It says in verse 9. I'm going to read out of the New Living. It reads a little different, but it's still the same gist. He said, no eye has seen. It's verse 9. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. What things? The things that nobody has seen, nobody's heard, and and no mind has imagined. God's revealed all of these things to us. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. 
No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. How many of you know God's not withheld any good thing for you and I? Amen? He goes on to say this in verse 13. Uh, and here he goes, When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to reach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. So you guys thought I made that up. No, it's in the Word of God. And if we have that mind, then we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. Amen? Because he's given us his spirit so that we can know this. Amen? And yet God's ways is that he wants to show us how to take his word and apply it to our lives and put it up against the, the lies of the enemy or put it in our lives so that he can make his way of what he wants to do in our lives. Because I mean, you know, faith is a force. Your words are a force, and the word of God is, but the spirit of God, it's the spirit and the word that agree. Because remember what uh, Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, my words are spirit and my words are life. See, the letter of the law can kill, but the spirit of the law and the spirit of life, hallelujah, of what Jesus does brings life to it. That's why in Romans 8, 2, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. There's a law of the spirit of life. But we've got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of us to know that, hey, we've got to constantly stir those things up. We've got to constantly walk in the spirit. Why? So we can know the way of the spirit. Because what's God doing today? Anybody have any idea what's going on with God? Why he hasn't just zapped everybody and got us out of here? Why is he letting people just run around delusional and doing crazy things? I mean, he's, I, I kind of think he's almost going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And y'all got quiet on that. Because, see, you don't want Jesus to come. I understand that. Because you're probably not ready to meet him there in that or be ready. Because thinking, well, I haven't done all this. Hey, you know, just get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. I mean, you know, if I look over my life, I get so like, oh, God, forgive me. Didn't do all that you probably told me to do. In fact, I know I haven't. I know I haven't done everything I probably should have done. But I'm doing all I know to do now, and I'm trying my best. But, you know, praise God, if you want to come, just come. I'll I'll take my chances. Let's do this, you know. No, I love him, and I desire and that that honoring of that because I want to know, God, what are you doing? The one thing I know what God's doing is he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He really is. He's waiting for more and more people to be born again. He's waiting for people there, people that God loves. Jesus died for the whole world. And so there's folks out there that just need it. And it's just so exciting when you see someone come to know Jesus. And they're like, oh, man, I'm so glad. So glad. Wow. 
I thought it was too late. I thought I was too far gone. No, you're not too far gone. No, it's not too late. Praise God. As long as we're here, we can do it. Amen? And so one thing about it too is I believe that God's waiting for the church to be the church. And I believe he's waiting for us to acknowledge his goodness and grace because he still wants to show the world and the devil how great he is through you and I. He wants to do signs, wonders, and miracles, which means there's got to be great battles in order so there can be great miracles. Amen? Amen. There is those things there. God's desire is that. See, when you know what God's doing, you're not afraid of the future. I don't know what you, I'm not afraid of the future. Amen? Because, you know, Jude 20, and there's only one chapter in Jude, you know that right before Revelations, it says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Then it says, looking, looking unto the future that holds, looking unto or looking for the mercy of God. So the future holds the mercy of God in our lives. God's mercy is out there. And because we're honoring him, because we're doing what we know to do, God's mercy is going to go before us. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Amen. And sometimes God's ways, they don't seem, they seem a little crazy because, you know, how many know, remember, God's way was to lead Jesus into the wilderness. Nobody likes wilderness. Who wants to go out and fight with wild beasts? Or who wants to go out and be in the wilderness and not have the comforts? Or, or get out there and have the devil coming at him and things like that. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I, you know, hey, well, it's an enemy that's arrayed against us. He's trying to come in. He's trying to bombard us. Amen. He's trying to lie to, lie to us. He's always trying to come in and steal your joy. He's trying to steal your peace. Because he doesn't want you to be successful. He doesn't want you to be successful in talking to anybody else. He doesn't want you to be successful in in loving God and praising God and worshiping God and being excited about what God's doing. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, he he hates that. He hates when Christians are happy. But God, but we know we can be happy anytime. We can be joyful. We can stir it up. We can just go praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the purposes. Thank God for the plan and purposes of God. It allows us to rise up, hallelujah, and let God be God in our, in our hearts. And many times the reason we don't know the ways of God is because we don't understand his voice. I know I'm dumping a lot on you tonight. God, Lord to God, y'all getting so overflowing. I'm just having fun preaching, just bringing scriptures and doing and, and blasting you. You know, I think I've said about 45, 50 scriptures already for you. God bless you. But... I want you to know that God has everything, believe it or not, he has everything in control. Do you guys know that? God's not wringing his hands in heaven. God's just waiting for us as the church to get in position so that Jesus can come back, so that we can bring back the king. And we've got to be ready to bring back the king. Hallelujah. Because our king is, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise. And so he's got to come back to a church that's worshiping and praising and magnifying God, that's excited about the things of God, amen, that's thrilled about what God is doing in the earth today, amen, hallelujah. And see, many times we, we don't know what, and God's he's speaking, I believe that the Holy Spirit's speaking all the time, I believe that God's speaking through the Holy Spirit all the time. The problem is, is that we're so used to people telling us what to do that we think that God's going to tell us. You know, you know, you know that God's voice is never demanding. That God's not demanding. He's not going to demand anything. 
Thank you for your overwhelming response. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. Now, the Holy Spirit leads you. He never pushes you. He never herds you. That's why you're a sheep, not a cow. Okay? It's never demanding. God's never going to speak down to you. He's never going to demean you. He's never going to look at you and go, when are you going to get it? Now, Jesus said that to the disciples. Man, where's your faith? What, what, what's right? And he was pretty, you know, but hey, you know, God, God is endeavoring to, to get it because Jesus was like, man, are these guys ever going to get it? Thank God they finally got it. That was good. No, God's not going to be demeaning. God's not going to be demanding. Hallelujah. And God's voice, we always know this, God's voice is never a voice of fear. You know, it's a, if it's a voice of fear or there's fear involved, you know, then you know it's the enemy always trying to, to bombard you and trying to come at you. Hallelujah. Now, God's voice is always encouraging. It's always strengthening. You remember every time the angels showed up, what did they say? Fear not. Let me just share. Fear not. They begin to share. They begin to encourage. They begin to strengthen. Hallelujah. God's always trying to get us to say, come on, you can do this. You can do these things here. God's voice is always a voice of love. Now, it's tough love at times, but it's love. It's like, hey, come on. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's always a voice of truth. It's always a voice of truth. And how do you know that God's voice is not a voice of confusion? How much confusion do we have in the world today? Wow. I mean, who can you believe? We really don't know who you can believe because you, you listen to people and you go, wow, I wonder if that's, okay, that person just said this, this person just said that. How do we know about this? How do we know about that? And the sad thing, the sad thing about it is is that Christians have to be, they want everything to be proven naturally. And that's not what this is all about. Amen. Because see, your natural being is your flesh. And according to the word of God, you're going to get a new flesh. He's going to take that old ugly bodies of yours and make it new and make it prettier. Hallelujah. Make it so much nicer. Amen. But he's going to give you a new body, a celestial body, that the Bible says. And yet, we can prove the Bible naturally. We can do. God did all that stuff for us. But that's not how we please God. That's not how this works. This all works because you receive the love of God. Because by faith you believe that Jesus did all these things that he said he did. You receive it in your heart and you confess by faith that it's mine. And it changes your life forever. And then you know that you know. How do I know that Jesus lives? He lives in me. Why? Well, how do you know that? Because I was blind and now I see. I was lost and now I'm found. And I was pretty dumb and stupid, and now I'm not as dumb and stupid as I was, okay? And I've got the love of God. I've got the grace of God. I've got the ability of God, amen? I see what God is doing, and that's where faith comes in. That's where it comes in, man. God's voice is a voice of direction, amen? God's going places. God's going somewhere. I tell that to people all day. No, no, God knows what he's doing. He, he's got it all handled. Hallelujah. And the last thing about it is the thing that I just talked about is God's voice is a voice of faith. Aren't you glad that God believes in you? 
because he loves you. He, he, he ran after you. He says, nobody can come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws them. So you have this thing about, I want to find out about God. It's because the Holy Spirit's drawing you for a relationship. He's drawing you to be in so that you have a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with the Holy Spirit and a relationship with God the Father. And it changes everything on the inside of you. Amen? And that's what keeps you steady. And that's what keeps you knowing the ways of God. Say, I, don't, I may not know a lot of things, may not understand a lot, but I know this. God loves me. I love him. And he's got it handled. And I'm going to walk with him. Amen? Because, you know, many times circumstances can mess you up. And, and many times Christians can, well, I've experienced this, so this must be true. Well, it doesn't matter what you've experienced. doesn't matter what I've experienced. Only it matters what the Word of God says is true. Amen? Circumstances never change the will of God. They never change the voice of God. They never change anything. It just means I had to walk through circumstances. Amen? And remember, there's a scripture in the Bible. We'll close on this. The scripture in the Bible says that there's all kinds of voices in the world, and none of them without signification, which means not none of them without importance, because they each have their own thing. But God's voice is the most important. God's plan is the most important. God's will is the most important. And God's spirit is the most important. And that's what you do in your own heart, in your own mind. You take hold of it and say, you know what? Glory to God. I need to hear from God. Take heart. Why? Because I need to know his ways. Well, if I want to know his ways, I got to stir up the gift of God within me. I got to renew. Hallelujah. And get excited about the thing. I got to wag my tail. Hallelujah. I got to get excited about my Christianity. I got to get excited about what I believe and my relationship with God. How me and God, our relationship is working here. Amen. Not only that, glory to God, then I got to walk in the spirit. When that person comes in and says all those ugly things about me, I got to sit back and go, well, if they're true, I got to repent. If they're not true, hallelujah, I just take authority over words spoken. And then I say, thank God he just gave me a prayer request. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to let anything steal my peace. I'm not going to let anything steal my joy. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk in the love of God. I'm going to have long suffering and patience toward that person. Hallelujah. I'm going to have kindness and gentleness. Amen. And I'm going to have self-control or I'm going to have temperance. I'm going to have self-control so I don't punch him out. <laughs> I might want to, but I'm not going to. Even Why? Because I want to know the ways of the Spirit. So when I walk in his ways, I'll be blessed. And my steps will be ordered of the Lord. Amen? That's God's plan. That's God's purpose for our lives. That's why we've got to stir up. Yes, we've got a well of water on the inside of us, and then there's a, the Spirit of God that comes upon us. We didn't even get to that part because He anoints you for service. When the anointing, when the Spirit comes upon you, there's a big difference. Amen. But we're to, we need to get it in ourselves, walking ourselves. Then, when the anointing comes upon us, we'll know. Hey, well, this is a different. I'm anointed for service to speak. I'm anointed for service to do. I'm anointed for service to act. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What? To preach the gospel to the poor. Amen? To heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind. Amen? To set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen? God, God's hand is upon us to do these things here. And then we know his ways. And when we know his ways, hallelujah, we'll get to receive and get the benefit of his blessings. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I've just shared, just exhorting the body of Christ this evening, just talking to him about, it. Father, your ways, knowing the ways of God. 
Hallelujah. Because many times your ways are different, but Father, you've got a plan and a purpose, and we trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Oh, I love you and pray. Thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. Thank you, Father God, for your plan and purpose for their lives. But Lord, I don't know everybody that's here, so I I never want to assume that everybody's right with you. Everybody has a relationship with Jesus. So we always have an altar call. We always give people the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, you you died for all of us while we were yet all sinners and all ungodly. Jesus died for the whole world. Father, thank you for that, that we all qualified because we were all sinners. We were all ungodly. Every one of us needed a Savior. It wasn't about being good enough. It wasn't trying to do this. Or do. It was a, we needed a Savior. And Jesus, you died for us. Father, you said in your word that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Paul wrote to the church at Romans and he said, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but it's with our mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So Father, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, and all those watching too, if there's anyone watching or anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, Father, they've come here tonight saying, I need to know, is it real? Well, let me tell you right now, it's real. Jesus Christ is very real. He loves you. He's not expecting you to clean yourself up. He's expecting you to believe in him, receive him, accept him as your Lord and as your Savior, and then let God help you how to walk this thing out, how to go and be the child of God that he wants you to be. If you're here to say, you know what, I'm not right with God and I need to be right with God, would you pray with me? Then just raise your hand. I'll pray with you. We're not talking about joining the church. We're talking about the body of Christ. Talking about being born again. Talking about being a follower of Jesus. Talking about walking from death to life. Getting delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Anybody, anywhere, anybody watching. Hallelujah. Because just what I said. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you can be saved. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you once again for all of those folks that are here. I just thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your truth. Father, we're going to walk in your ways. Walking in the ways of the Spirit, Father. We want to walk in your ways. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.